All right. So um, we have been journeying through our series this semester called Good Company, where we have been looking at different types of relationships. And we know that we are called to love God and love people. You hear that here at Vista all the time. But the way we think about engaging in our different relationships is so important because the way we treat other people um, really speaks a lot about how seriously we take the gospel and our relationship with Jesus. And so I hope that you guys have really enjoyed our series this semester, that it's been uh, really intentional, but also super practical as well for you as you think about the different relationships that you have in your life. Um, And so tonight, as we wrap up our series, I thought it would be really helpful for us to talk about how we have a healthy relationship with our parents um, once we are in college and beyond. And so that's why this guy sitting here, this is my dad. Um, also, we're kind of, you know, okay. I didn't want, that, I want them to be able to see you over there. But um, so I, I just thought it was fitting to end our series with this because I know a lot of you are about to go home for the summer and live with your parents. Um, and so having this fresh on your minds um, and your hearts might be really, really helpful. Uh, and for me personally, I, I really wish we could have had a conversation like this when I was in college because um, I, I'm super thankful for my parents and I think they did a really good job raising me and um, we had a really good relationship overall. But honestly, when I came to college, um, I was really excited to be independent and um, thought that that meant that they didn't really have say in my life anymore. And so... Um, yeah, I, I didn't want them to tell me what to do, and I, I thought I, I could make all my own decisions, which, I mean, I could in a lot of ways, but they d- very much wanted to still be involved in my life. And so that was uh, challenging for a while to navigate what does that look like, and um, it, it was hard at some points. Honestly, the, the roughest parts were uh, around boys and my relationship with Um, guys and who I was dating at the time. That was often the bumpiest parts in the road. Um, At one point, our relationship with my relationship with my parents um, was so bad, like we weren't communicating, that we even had to have someone sit down and mediate a conversation with us just because we weren't able to communicate uh, because I'm pretty stubborn and they weren't willing to let me go. Um, So anyways, I am speaking from a place of this I think is a really, really helpful, beneficial conversation for us to have. And so I'm excited for my dad, Scott Stoltz, (laughs) to be here. Um, And he's going to take it away because I don't know what it's like to be a parent. So let's let's hear from you. So I always get a little nervous when I talk to people. Um, But I'm especially nervous because these are like Sydney's people and Nathan's people. And so I don't want to... Yeah, my little brother's here too, if, if you didn't know that. Yeah. My little not's a little brother. I've got two other kids too, just a little bit about me. Um, got um, a freshman at Florida State who we're going to see this weekend. And so this is, I've done this three times as far as like parenting into college. And then I've got one more to do it with. Uh, Jacob, he's a freshman in high school. So we got a little bit of time left with that. Um, married to Ashley for 30 years this summer, 
And so uh, she's a part of that, but she couldn't be here tonight, but she said, tell everybody hello. I'm an out-of-work pastor, <laughs> pastor without a church, so you can be praying about that as well. Um, so we've all got parents, right? And honestly, they're all a little odd. They're all a little different, right? As you compare parents, um, you might, you know, just notice that. Uh, you may think other people's parents are really cool, but yours aren't. Um, so you're kind of constantly looking at your parents with a different lens than you, than you are other people's parents, I think. And really everybody's parents are a little odd. My parents were odd, um, as you can uh, talk to Sydney and, and Nathan and find out that their parents are a little odd. And you probably may realize that even more after tonight. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I just, what are, what are your parents like? As you think about, like, where are your parents? I, I'm just curious. There's, like, we're all over the map, right? I mean, we come from wildly different backgrounds, probably, as far as how we were parented, uh, what the parent situation was, what our home life was like. So I had, like, old parents and my youngest son does too now, so I'm kind of reliving that. Um, but my parents were, uh, I was um, a surprise, we'll say. Uh, my brother is 19 years older than me, and there's nobody in between. And so they were kind of done, and then they weren't. And so my parents were a lot older. They thought he was a tumor. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I still may be. Uh, the jury's still out on that one. Um, so how many, anybody like that? Anybody have old parents? Like your parents are a lot older than, yeah, than your friends. Like my parents um, were like friends with my kids, my friends' grandparents. So that's kind of the dynamic. Anybody have like really young parents? Like you're, you're out with your parents and you're like, are y'all brothers? Are y'all sisters? Like, yeah, some, of y'all, some really young parents. Okay, how about this one? Uh, who has really strict parents? Like you would classify your parents as really strict, okay? Yeah, you, you, their hands up, your parents are probably like from the 80s, and we know, like that's why we're strict. Like we, we just know. Um, how many people have like parents that like do whatever? Like your parents are just really free, just maybe trusted you when they shouldn't have. Yeah, my parents were kind of like that. Um, All right, I know there's other situations that aren't always great, like uh, just percentage-wise, probably a lot of you in this room come from uh, parents who were divorced or maybe have just recently gotten a divorce since you've been in college, and that changes the whole dynamic of parenting and how your house works, so I get that, Um, and I'm I'm sorry for that. Um, It's not how it was supposed to be. my, some of you may have parents that, that died, like uh, when you were really young or, or sometime uh, when you were in the house or maybe when, since you've been in college. My dad died uh, my first year away in college, and that was just a weird experience. And so I, I get that some of you may be in situations like that. Some of you may weren't, maybe weren't raised by your biological parents or, or maybe... Uh, you know, you never really knew your parents, uh, your grandparents raised you or somebody else. But bottom line is we've all been parented at some level. Okay. And so that we have to deal with that as you have become an adult, 
you have had to wrestle with a certain level of like breaking away from something, right? There was a, a scripture verse that I used to kind of think about a lot uh, in Proverbs, um, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, uh, he won't depart from it. I used to think that was a promise for parents, right? It sounds like a good promise. Like if you do the right thing in the way that he sh- you should do, then when he's old or she's old, then they're going to be okay. And that, I think, is still true. But really, when you study this, this scripture a little bit more, um, it, it really literally means to get a child started in his or her way. Like, and so your parents have kind of, good or bad, they've been the people that got you started in a way, in your way. And um, it's, so it's kind of really a warning for parents more than it is a promise. Like if you're going to get them started somehow, like what, what's that going to look like? The, the cool thing is for you guys, you're adults now, okay? And, and so you have a choice. Like, yes, you may have been started in a way that wasn't ideal, or maybe you have some regrets on how things went, or, or maybe you're already thinking, when I'm a parent one day, I'm not going to do it like that, right? Anybody ever said that? Okay, so um, maybe, you know, you've had to look at their way and, and it's not the way that you really want to be. The great thing is, and I love that, like, the early Christians were referred to as people of the way, the way of Christ. And so you have a choice to go your way, even if it wasn't the way that, you know, God intended uh, for them to raise you, you're, you're an adult now and you can take responsibility for the way that you're going to go. Okay, so we're going to just stop right here. We're going to get into Ephesians in just a little bit because it has some instructions for us. But just at your tables, what I want you to do, it's the last Vespers, right? So you hopefully know each other by now. If you don't, that's okay. You can introduce yourself if you haven't already. Hopefully you have because you've been sitting and eating with each other. But what I want you to do is go around the table just real quick and introduce yourself as your parents. So Nathan's going to say, hi, Scott and Ashley here, you know. And so just go around, I think, just to, to like get to know, like some, some of our parents' names are weird. Like, and so we don't name our kids that stuff anymore. But let's just hear that from each other. And then... And then as you're doing that, I want you to, after you say your parents' names, introduce them to your table, uh, I want you to, to just name one thing. Surely you can come up with one thing that your parents did right. Just, just share with your table one thing that your parents did right. And then after that, go around again and describe something that may be difficult for you about your relationship with your parents currently. Okay? All right. Sorry to the big table over there. (laughs) Y'all are all in small group together. You just continue on the conversation. (laughs) Okay, well, go get ice cream afterwards. Okay, so one, we are going to have some Q&A time at the end, hopefully, if we have time. Um, So be thinking if you have questions um, throughout the conversation. But does... Do two people want to share what they think their parents did right? Cutter? So, um, 
Uh, my parents and me, our relationship has gotten better over the years. It was bad for a while when I was a kid, but the ones, but one thing that I did think they got right, like, um, they did always, like, uh, support me or, or, like, help back me up whenever I had a problem or seriously, or when, or when anything happened at, like, when I was in fifth grade or something like that, they would always come and help me, and then, and then Cersei also, they would also, like, try to just give me some one-on-one time to be Cersei, because I have three younger sis, his also sisters, and for me, like, being surrounded by girls all the time, that was greatly appreciated. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's good to know that our parents have our back, for sure. Anyone else? I'm really disappointed that Nathan is not, like, chomping at the bit to answer this question. Um, I grew up in, like, an almost PK's house. My grandparents are pastors, and then my uncle is, and my mom worked finance. So I got the whole, like, church trauma thing going, like, a lot of my stuff. Like, most, you get looked down upon a lot, and you get told... PKs are so bad. If anyone else has a PK, you know what I'm talking about. Um, It's not the most fun thing, but my parents definitely, my mom in particular, like, took me under her wing and, like, made so much sense of, like, Christian feminism for me, of, like, women are powerful and you have a place in the world, but, like, men are also not evil. (laughs) Like, there was a lot of that for me growing up, and just something they did right was definitely, like, made my faith my own from a very young age, so... That's awesome. Yeah, I can relate being a preacher's kid. Um, everybody assumes that you're going to be really crazy in college. But, um, All right, so yeah. um, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. If you've got a copy of the scripture, if not, it'll be up there. Um, while you're turning there or scrolling there, um, just want you to think about a couple of things to frame our conversation moving forward. Um, How spiritual, on a scale of one to five, one being the least, five being the most, and this isn't a table question, this is just a peer question, um, so don't blurt out any answers. Uh, We don't want to out your parents here too bad. But uh, on a scale of one to five, um, how spiritual would you classify your parents as? Just being honest, like, this is where I kind of think they are. Okay, and then secondly, um, are you, would you consider yourself to be more or less spiritual than they are right now? When I say spiritual, I don't mean like your mom's, you know, sitting on the floor in a, you know, pose or something like talking to Buddha or something. I mean spiritual with a capital S, the Holy Spirit, like Christian spiritual. Okay, so. Um, Thanks for clarifying. That. Yeah, I yeah. Think just, we're really concerned. I mean, you don't know. Okay, so uh, I think that's helpful to, to kind of be honest with yourself about. I know that there was a time, my parents took me to church. Parents were good, moral people. Um, but there was a time in college that, uh, or maybe even in high school where I feel like I was 
kind of past them in the spiritual sense of, of now some of that's just you know arrogance probably of, of a teenager but um, at the same time I, I think there was some truth to it um, they were just raised in a different era and so you may find yourself in that situation and I think it matters a little bit to what we're about to talk about so in Ephesians chapter 6 um, verses 1 through 3 Paul is writing to a group of churches in the region of Ephesus. This is a, called a general letter. It's not, he's not addressing a specific problem. So he's not writing to the church in Ephesus and, and speaking to them about this issue because he heard that there's a bunch of kids going wild and I got to address this, okay? So just know this is, this is important stuff to a whole bunch of churches in this region that really are making up the early church. And so everything that you read in Ephesians is about Paul saying, hey, we got to get this right because we're forming, you know, the future of the church. And in the first three chapters of Ephesians, I really encourage you to go back and read that, is just all about the, the glory and the magnificence of God. And so just he's really framing the whole conversation in just solid theology about God. And then he gets practical. And so here he is toward the end of the letter getting real practical about children and parents. And he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. All right, so you guys are in college. You, the last thing you want to be called is children, right? But this is like, this is for everybody. Think about if this is being read in the church, this is to adult hearers. And so, like I said, we've all got parents. We're all children. We're all still children of somebody. Uh, so it doesn't give us an age limit on this instruction. He's not saying, you know, kids under 14 obey your parents. This is just, if you're a child of somebody, obey them like there's no age limit here culturally if we want to kind of extrapolate something and, and come up with a number uh children were supposed to obey and honor their parents for sure until their father turned 60 that's kind of was the norm so you know my kids only have a few years left and they can do whatever the heck you want to i guess but uh, but I, I think it's important to, to note that this is, these are adult here. So these are people like you listening to this letter uh, when, when they heard it. It wasn't like this is kids' Sunday school class and we're going to go tell them, hey, you've got to obey your parents. You know, this is adults. All right, so that's important. Uh, just an, another thing about this um, is this is, he's just talked about mutual submission. So this is in the context of, of mutual submission. But it does carry some authority because of the relationship with parents. And then he comes to the key part when he says, uh, in the Lord. We're going we're gonna to come back to that um, in just a little bit because I think this is, this is the most important part of the, the whole scripture. But uh, he's, he's then quoting, uh, anybody wanna, any Bible nerds, which commandment is this? Number five. And it's the first commandment, Paul says, with a promise, because um, it has one uh, with it, that, that it will go well with you. That's a pretty good thing to, to 
to have, right? That the Lord says that, that if you'll obey, he didn't say that with most of the other commandments, that this one has a promise. Well, that's, I think, pretty, means it matters in, in a big way uh, to the Lord. But um, it, it, it's also the first commandment that has uh, kind of a horizontal relationship implication. Uh, everything else up to this point, the first four have been about our relationship with God. Now he's shifting. So, uh, and he starts off with um, how we're supposed to act towards our parents. All right, so let's go back to what it means in, when he says, obey your parents in the Lord. Um, because I think this is the key to understanding how, we're, how you guys are supposed to know how to relate to your parents. Now, Give your parents a little grace, okay? Especially like Sydney was our first to go off to become an adult. We'd never done that before. You're, you may be the first one in your family. Your parents are going to make mistakes. Your parents are going to just be kind of bumbling through this and trying to figure it out. You got something to say? The way they treat my little sister, who's the freshman in college right now, is completely different than they treated me. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of grace. <laughs> so we're learning they're learning um they're still learning on their second they're still learning on their third i mean it, it's just it's different but um they the ideal is that they are consistent with the way of the lord like the way that they're parenting you now would be consistent with what the lord would want them to do but i'm not talking to them right now, now that would be a whole nother conversation i'd love to to do that because they do need to be <laughs> instructed in, in how to do things uh, from the Lord. Uh, and, but I'm talking to you guys. So this is what is your responsibility in this? Because the verb obey does not modify in the Greek parents. It modifies children obey in the Lord. And so this is, this is about you guys. This is about us as whoever is a, ch a child um, to be in the Lord. And so if you right now are just like, man, things are just not good with my parents. And I am dreading going back home for the summer. First thing to ask is, am I in the Lord as I relate to them. Not what they need to do different, not how they need to change, not pointing fingers at them, but what, what do I have control over? How am I, because in the Lord you can do this and, and it will go well with you in the Lord. Now, one of the big things for us in Sydney going off to college and, and you know, subsequently our, our other kids has been kind of a transfer of um, community. Community has been big for us, spiritual, biblical community. And so when, when we came to parent orientation, my wife and I sat you know, across town in, in a, a lecture hall and heard some lady talking about how, this is our first time, remember, uh, so we're kind of trying to learn and what are we supposed to do? What is, what's this going to be like? And they're supposed to be telling us about how we're, you know, kind of going to parent from now on. 
And, and what she said was, you know, you, you need to back off, you need to let go, and, and you need to let us take it from here. That's basically what she said. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, okay? I don't know who that person was. I hope they're not part of Vista. Uh, but that was just dumb counsel. Like, unless she was really going to make sure that that happened. Now, I've got two at UMHV, and it's a great place to be, but their top priority, and, you know, like, I know they offer stuff, but they're not, like, on you consistently to make sure that you are functioning in biblical community. You guys that are here, you're at, at some level doing that. So you've already taken a big, deep, mature step into adult Christianity, all right? So I applaud you for that. But when Sydney first came, her community was the volleyball team. And the volleyball team kind of liked to party more than the volleyball team liked to love on Jesus. That's just what we saw. And that's what I think was true. So, that wasn't a good, like, healthy transfer of community. So we would, like Sydney, you found a church, you've gotten, uh, have you found somebody to kind of be your mentor, that kind of thing. And, and so we would stay on her about that. So, you guys have done great in getting plugged in somewhere. When, when you have struggles with your parents about, like, the choices that you're making, remind them of that, Okay. And if you're not like really, if this is your first time here, you're not really plugged in, I just encourage you to, to do that, to get plugged into a spiritual community so that there can be a transfer. Because the, the truth and why I thought that what that lady said was stupid is because we were the best community that she had up, you know, in that particular time frame. She hadn't established it here. She left it, you know, from home, but we were the connecting point. We were still in her life. And your parents just need to, to have that role because that's, that's a healthy thing for you. You need to have that with somebody. You don't just leave it and go find it. Hopefully, there's still some level of, like, engagement from what you've left to what you're... And I came up here and I met with Austin. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't know who he was. I was like... Who is this guy and what's he teaching my kid? I want to know. And then we talked about boyfriends and like how that was going. So um, kind of, you know, got together on that, teamed up on her. But uh, no, it was, it was like very healthy for us to know that once she established that. And so we could let loose. If your parents are still clean, maybe, it's, maybe you haven't communicated that enough that, hey, I, I'm running things past my small group. You know, like we're, we're praying about this. It's not like I'm just going solo on these decisions. All right, so that's what I'm getting at. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I'll just add, like, he's, he's right. Y'all have taken a huge step in investing in community here. And I'm happy to talk with you about struggles with your parents, but also if your parents ever need to talk to me if they're concerned about you you know you've invested and I can speak on your behalf um, because you've invested here but if you haven't invested anywhere then there's no one to speak on your behalf you know um, so it's, it's really cool that 
y'all got y'all are investing here and i'm happy to support you um, when you need it yeah so really like what you're doing is you're expanding your community you're finding your own community and as an adult you know you don't need your parents in the same way but um, there's got to be like that transfer so uh, don't shut them out help them through that transfer as well but you help them by communicating that you're involved in spiritual things all right so um I, i'll just add to that too yeah. i think you just expect your parents to know like what your life looks like here and they're not here with you they're not living day-to-day -day life with you anymore and so as much as you can help them like you said communicate that you are transitioning well and that you are finding really healthy friends and you are going to church and um, you are doing your homework. Like, help them see that you are making wise decisions. Um, they don't just, don't expect them to know. I think I felt really offended sometimes that they were questioning those things. I was like, why are you questioning me? Don't you know? Like, I'm, I am making good decisions. But they don't know. They're not here with me. And so... Don't be offended when you have to bring your parents along. Um. Yeah. And so, Rob, uh, we're going to talk about a few things uh, at our tables, but I just want to say this um, and acknowledge this moment, really, because I think it's significant. Um, there's been a, a quote that's been uh, coming up in a lot of things that I've been in, engaged with lately. Um, I don't know if anybody reads uh, a guy named Jim Dennison, but... Uh, he's kind of got his hand on the, the pulse of the culture and, and writes a lot about that. It's a great website to look at um, for apologetics and things like that. But anyway, he's got a book, and one of the chapters is titled, um, God Redeems All He Allows. I just love that quote. Um, no matter where you are right now in your relationship with your parents, if it's really bad, um, if, uh, if you want to apply it to something else, like, but or if you want to apply that to them, maybe they think things are really bad and you maybe just need to remind them that God redeems all he allows. This moment right here is part of that truth. Like it was bad for a while, but God has redeemed that in some powerful ways. So. Pretty cool. Yay, God. Um, table discussion. Um, besides the obvious, I mean, we Christians love to pick apart the letter of the law when we read stuff like this. Like, what does it mean? Do I have to obey my parents if they, like, ask me to murder their neighbors or something? Like, would I, let's not go there into the, all the hypotheticals of what your parents are not going to ask you to do. Okay, let's focus on what are some ways that you might be in the future or you're already wrestling with what it means to really obey your parents. How are you wrestling with that right now? And then second question, kind of related, um, but uh, what does it look like to honor your parents? Because he says both. Paul says, obey your parents, and then he quotes the commandment that says, honor your parents. So what would it look like for you, or what does it look like? How are you wrestling with that? Um, is that a struggle? Maybe it's not. If it's not, encourage somebody else by sharing your story. So 
Answer those two questions for a little bit at your table, and then we'll come back for some Q&A. All right, are y'all ready to move into some Q&A? Do y'all have any questions for us, follow-up questions? No questions? Okay, so a little bit of my family situation is my sister and my mother do not get along, and my sister's still in high school, um, and so they tell me both sides and try and have me mediate while I'm here, so what is your, like, how should I approach that situation of, like, not being the mediator three hours away? Yeah, that's a great question, and it happens a lot. Um, Some of you may be in codependent relationships with your mom, um, especially, uh, I mean, I just kind of see that a lot, where you kind of became her friend and her confidant about the other kids. His mom, yeah, I've I've probably done it too. Um, But that's a real situation. And I think it relates to a bigger picture of what something I think we talked about that we wanted to just remind everybody that as we talk about obeying and honoring our parents, um, going back to the context that Paul has been talking about of mutual submission uh, really speaks to the the idea of, and and this one is different. It's not the same as what what he talks about with husbands and wives, um, but it does... uh, it does touch on that aspect of our relationship. And so you are becoming more like brothers and sisters in the Lord with your parents as you're aging um, in this new realm. And so you have a powerful place to still do some of that in a very healthy way. Um, I would encourage you to go back to the part that we talked about that you have to be in the Lord to do that. Otherwise, it's just going to be kind of a maybe, you know, an unhealthy thing. It's going to weigh on you in ways that is unfair or distracting to your life here. And you may need to draw some lines there as an adult and say, I can't do that much because I'm three hours away or whatever. Um, but you also maybe need to check that with the spirit. and Maybe you can do something so I wouldn't say run from it but I would say do it with caution as far as how you enter back into it Um, but do it in a new way that you're in control of as an adult Christian operating as a sister to your mom in Christ and a sister to your sister in Christ not just because you're in between that makes sense yeah (laughs) yeah she helps a lot with Sarah Kate, um, so it's it's great to have a you in their life. And don't you know? I think don't discount that as far as how the Lord will use you. Somebody else? Great question. We're out of battery. We can share. 
Yeah, we can share. So what would your advice be to someone that's kind of transitioning from like graduation period to adult, more like independent role with parents that are just very like controlling or, yeah. <laughs> so any advice, <laughs> disclaimer here that I give is very general here. Um, uh, a lot of this could be broken down, you know, in some deep counseling sessions probably because I know that it's deep. For, for each one of you. But generally speaking, I would say um, that uh, your, your first loyalty has to be to the Lord in what, I mean, for all of us, like we don't answer to any man, big picture, all right? But we're still supposed to be in a relationship and we're still supposed to be the church and we're still supposed to be brothers and sisters in the Lord. So there is value to other people in our life, and our parents are some of the most valuable people, potentially, uh, in our life. Breaking away from unhealthy situations is probably the toughest thing you will have to do in adulting. <laughs> it just, you, the heartstrings are there for you, for them, and so it, it's not going to be easy. It may be a rough road for a time. For a time. Um, but uh, going back to checking yourself and making sure you're in the Lord and how you're handling that situation will give you the spiritual energy and power to handle it the right way. I'm confident of that. There is a place that you can handle that. Um, but you may have to spend... The, you really invest in like making sure that you're in the Lord doing it with accountability from your brothers and sisters here, um, lots of prayer, and uh, it may be you know a series of like a season where where this is hard, but it can get better. Yeah, and I'd say like don't be afraid to bring other people in. Um, at some point, it might be helpful to sit down and. Sometimes we just bring, get to a certain point in our relationships and any relationship where there's just a barrier and we can no longer hear each other and it helps someone um, mediating. So, Yeah, if you're trying to fix your dysfunction in your family, this is, comes up in marriage counseling a lot too. Like, you've been doing this for a long time and this is where it's got you. So it's pretty helpful to get somebody else's perspective in on it. Um, that can, like, speed things up immensely. Anybody else? I know we're getting okay. close. Um, how okay. did, I guess this goes both ways, but how did your relationship with your parents and then with Sydney change when she got married? You want to answer? You want to, is it to me? Okay. Um, that was a big transfer. Um, you know, Aaron was an answer to prayer in many ways. Uh, and so uh, it was a happy moment. Um, and Yet, I still feel like we're in both of their lives now. Like, we, it, it's not like we just said, you know, go do whatever you want. Um, she's yours now. You take, I mean, I still feel like we're connected and we've been, you know, connected for a long time. Uh, and there's no reason to like end that just because uh, she's married now. So, 
but it, it does have to change. Um, and so uh, I think it has. Yeah, I, I think for me, a big shift, and Aaron and I had to work through this, but um, when I had, like, an issue come up in my life, whether it regarded my relationship with Aaron or not, I went to, I had to make a shift that I needed to go talk to Aaron about it first before I went and talked to my mom or my dad about it. And just to, like, honor him and our relationship that he is now my primary relationship in I need to talk to him about things first um, before I go yeah. talk and to my parents. She's been good about that because she hasn't really come to us. With, but that's what I would tell her if she came to me. It's like, you need to go to Aaron and talk about this first. If you haven't done that, then, you know, he's your, he's your primary ear now. Yeah, and I just, like, a lot of the, um, this is kind of going off of your question, but... A lot of the issues I had with my parents in college was when I was not in the Lord, when I was making decisions that I knew were not honoring to the Lord, um, and I was just doing whatever I wanted to do, and that's where the conflict was. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect by any means now, but, I mean, I really am trying to pursue the Lord with my life, and we don't really have any conflict anymore, um, so. And I will also add that, that the mistakes that I made were when I was not in the Lord. almost punched a guy in the parking lot at school one time. It's a whole other story. In high school. In high high school. school, yeah. Yeah, not college. I told you, it's always boys. That was always the problem. <laughs> Anything else? Time for one more. This might be a little deeper. Um, I recently lost my mom, mm, um, and sorry. so I'm making that in the last year. Um, so my first year here and just kind of shifting the relationship and the dynamic between me and my dad mm. of I'm not his equal, I am his child, but, like, I can't take on everything that my mom would have, like, right. advice and questions. I'm like, I'm still a kid. Like, I'm still trying to, like, learn and grow. Mm. So how do I, like, set those boundaries without making him feel like I'm cutting him life so without knowing your situation like I would uh, if if your parents had you know some good friends I would really kind of try to go to some of them the the women uh, as well as the men and to uh, to ask for their help in trying to fill that role of like counsel and um, and uh, and I just think, you know, you've you got to be praying for your dad. He's going through a whole nother kind of grieving than you're going through, but you're both going through it. And um, I think being honest with him is the best thing. It's just to, like, I, I don't know how to do this. I, 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 can't, I can't be that, you know, for you. And you need to find that, whether it's with a counselor for a season or from some other community of, you know, people in your life. That helps a little. I'm sure he would be willing to talk more afterwards since he can really relate. Yeah, that. I had I, my, my mom, you know, it's just like, felt like a huge responsibility was put on me in that moment when, yeah. So I, I hear you. Any other questions? One more? Jill? One more. <laughs> okay. Um, 
I guess I'm going to try and combine it. So how do you start open communication with parents that maybe don't, like, already cultivate that space when, like, you're the one that's trying to, like, start the redemption? Um, But also, like, from a parent's perspective, like, how can children, us as children, communicate feelings well without coming off as, like, attacking their parenting? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, why don't we go to the action steps? Because I think uh, some of this may hit on. I, I don't want to like ignore your question, but um, I, I think when you thank them for all the ways that they have parented you and are parenting you, this is just huge to to hear from your adult child. Um, we didn't ask Sydney to do this, but I remember she wrote us uh, just an incredible letter like that. Nathan did the same thing on their own. Sir Kate, I think I'm still waiting for that one, so you might want to talk to her about that. But anyway, um, but just to let them know from an adult child perspective that you see them and you see you know, the good things that they have done. Um, if, if they haven't done anything good, I mean, they, they made you at least. So thank them for that. Um, but I think that's a good place to start, just to, to, uh, to be proactive in that way. And then uh, the next thing that I put up here is, is to ask for their advice before they give it to you. So you beat them to the punch. You, they're probably going to have something to say about whatever is going on. Go to them first, even if you're not planning on listening to it. Like, just ask them and, and let them, you know, see that you're initiating that. If you'll do that kind of stuff where you're proactive, I think that the harder conversations can then happen out of that. We had some hard conversations. Um, and and you, <laughs> this, you almost have to, like, take the mindset of you're now raising your parents to be parents of adult children. Like they haven't done this before, but you're the, you're the recipient of it, right? You're, so you know what this needs to kind of look like in, in a lot of ways. Help them to understand what you need from them and how you need it and when you need it uh, in a way that um, is very adult-like and not you know, in the heat of the moment argument kind of stuff. So that's why I say be proactive with this stuff. Like you go to them and you frame the conversation just like you would if you're having trouble with your roommate, you know, like we need to talk this out and, and I want us to be better at this. But we also have to recognize that it's different now. It's changed. And so does that help any? Okay. Um, and then I guess the last thing up here is like, Prepare yourself to respond in the Lord. Prepare your heart. Like, what is that saying about uh, the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results? Like, you do that with your parents right now. I bet a lot of you do. And then you're like so frustrated that why did they respond that way? Why did they act that way? You knew they were going to, you knew it. Why did you set yourself up to be mad at them all over again? Like, they are who they are in so many ways. And you know them better than anybody. Prepare your heart for that response. 
they're not going to be perfect and they're, they're going to get it wrong. But if you expect, if you keep going back to them expecting that this is going to be the moment where they respond differently and then you're just going to be sad all over again that they didn't. Prepare your heart that that's probably how they're going to respond and then this is how I'm going to respond. How? It's the big, this is the theme of Ephesians. In the Lord. In the Lord. If you can't do that, then don't go home and have that conversation. You know, don't waltz in and say, I'm getting a tattoo, whether you like it or not, and expect them to like it and for that conversation to go well, okay? I mean, just one example, like where you might know that they're not going to like that or something. So prepare your heart, be in the Lord when you have that conversation, and, uh, and then you can help them in an adult-like way to navigate the difficulties of how that sits with them and how it ultimately, you know, turns out for your good. If it's not a good decision, then, you know, you also need to be able to listen to them. If you think it's so bad, I'll just leave you with this, that, um, you know, your parents are just the problem. Like, you're not the problem at all. Your parents are the problem. Paul reminds us in Romans that we are to bless those who persecute us. So if you think it's that bad that your parents, however they're acting, are persecuting you, like take it to that level, you're still supposed to bless them. And it goes on to say, don't curse them. Now, when your parents make you mad, I bet you have all said something that cursed them as you went to your room or as you hung up the phone that we won't repeat in this place but bless them don't curse them and then he says pray that God will bless them that's how you as an adult relate to anyone who is wronging you um, and so if your parents are in that category if you're in a fight you're in a struggle you're in a rough season that's Good advice from Paul. Bless them. When you come back with somebody from somebody who's like doing something to you, like wronging you, and the normal response is to curse them, but you bless them, that can change the whole dynamic. And if nothing else, it puts it back on them to have to figure out because then they look stupid. <laughs> They're just ranting and raving, and you're just blessing them. <laughs> and, and, but you can only do that if you're in the Lord, right? That's not how we're wired. That's not how we want to respond. So, big assignment for the summer. Like, if you're going home, um, you know, thank them. Try to ask for their advice. Uh, this is an, this maybe, how many freshmen? Like, this is your first time to go back and live in their house after you've been gone. That's a big one. It's going to be different. Like, don't let it surprise you. Pray up, be in the Lord. Um, prepare to respond. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Well, I will pray to close us, but I would also love our graduating seniors to go ahead and stand up, and I would love to pray over you guys as well. 
Do we have any seniors graduating? Yeah. <laughs> we have a few of you. Oh, Jill. So sad. Yeah. Um, and then also Grace, can you stand up too? Because Grace is leaving us. She's been the assistant the past semester and do, done an incredible job. And she got a pastor job in Austin in kids ministry. So pretty awesome for her as well. There's lots of things to celebrate. Well, let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for this space where we just get to come together and celebrate you um, and also challenge each other and ask hard questions and think about ways that we can honor you in our lives. Um, God, I pray that as we learn to interact with our parents, that we would do so in a way that is honoring to you and that we would really be able to think about um, being slow to anger and being full of grace and um, striving to be in the Lord in everything we do, in you and everything we do, um, but really thinking um, intentionally about our relationship with our parents. God, I pray that you would bring redemption in relationships with our parents where there needs to be redemption um, and that we would, as children, be able to seek out those conversations. Um, God, I thank you so much for our seniors in this room, for the ways that uh, they have blessed this church in so, so many ways. Um, I pray that you would be with them and that you would make their, your face shine upon them and that you would uh, show them your way, that you would continue to take them in your way and that you would bless them with really awesome community wherever you take them next. And lastly, I pray for Grace. I'm so thankful for the ways that she has done so much uh, to, to bless the college ministry and do so many things behind the scenes. And I pray that you would just be with her in her new job and that so many kids would come to know you better because of the gifts that you've given her. And we love you, and we are so thankful for you in your name. Amen.